All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now we've got a fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill. 30 minutes of live, nonstop Leafs talk starts now. What's going on, everybody? No sweep in the Stanley Cup final, and suddenly the Florida Panthers have life. Presented by Botano, it's the Friday edition of Leafs Morning Take. Nick Alberga and Jay Rosso with you. What's up, Rosie? How are you, buddy? Good, man. Yeah, you said it. The Panthers made it a season or a series, rather, and uh, I'm glad they did. It would have been boring, shitty, non-exciting if the Vegas Golden Knights went up three rip, and I'm glad they I'm glad they did it. We got a bit of a series now. Man, am I missing something with what the Columbus Blue Jackets are actively trying to do here in the offseason? Like, we know Mike Babcock is going there. I think it's the expectation of, I think, everybody in the hockey world. But they picked up Ivan Provorov the other day. Now they pick up Damon Severson in a sign-in trade and pay this guy eight years and 50 million bucks. I guess it pays to be a right-shooting defenseman, maybe a top-four defenseman in this league, although he played bottom-pairing minutes this year for the New Jersey Devils. But uh, Columbus being very proactive early on in the offseason here. Yeah, they're making moves quick and early, and obviously they have got a direction they want to go in. They're pulling triggers left, right, and center with big trades, big signings, big uh, big coaching acquisitions. So, I mean, good for them. I love it when guys are moving and shaking and, and GMs have a purpose and, uh, and a direction, and, and they aren't scared to go that way. So interesting to see how it, it, it pans out, but I always like it when guys are are making moves, especially from the outside. You get to watch and, and uh, raise your eyebrows and see what you think about all the deals, but I don't know. It's hard to say what they're 
what they're adding, what they're leaving. And I guess nobody knows, but I love that they're making moves. The Mike Babcock effect. You're telling me they haven't spoken to Babcock and said, hey, what do you think of this move? I think you're crazy. Nonetheless, we got a big time guest on today's show, man. I've been chasing this guy for a while. You've been wanting to get him on as well. You scrapped him way back when, I think, what, in 2013 or 2011? Big time mm-hmm. fight at the Garden. Uh, Milan Lucic, man, is coming up in about 10 minutes from now. What, what, what's your take on that? yeah that'll be cool man he's been everywhere I mean everyone knows him he had such an effect in Boston um winning cups and and being their leader being you know their 30 goal man there and then just the heavyweight of the league for for quite a while and I would argue still is um and then uh you know comes over to Alberta and makes some noise this side of uh of the country as well so Edmonton and Calgary and and made an effect there now he's a free agent we'll see what he's thinking uh, coming into this summer I think you meant the province too because he played Edmonton and Calgary close enough Uh, nonetheless remember to subscribe tap that like button leave us a review wherever you're checking us out at the Leafs Nation 401 on YouTube additionally we're available wherever you find your podcasts again at the Leafs Nation 401 I see some of you on YouTube are brand spanking new to this podcast please subscribe help us out at the Leafs Nation 401 Don't forget to visit theleafsnation.com for the very latest in all things Toronto Maple Leafs, thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns. Drop us a line in the chat down below. And of course, we have a segment designated just for your comments in the chat. So we'll get to those at about 20 or so. But for now, let's get over the boards. Man, all I could think about watching that game last night was the will to win. Like the Florida Panthers, dude, were dead to fucking rights. And Matthew Kachuk, who else scores the tying goal? Then Carter Verhage, once again, the former Toronto Maple Leaf, wins it in OT, and suddenly the Florida Panthers have life. Rosie really has that feeling of the Montreal Canadiens, I believe, in 1993. They're 7-0 in overtime here in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, it's nuts. And again, to Chuck, like, can you just believe this guy? I mean, they're dead to rights. If if that last two minutes ticks down, I'm sorry, but the Vegas Knights win the Stanley Cup and it's over. You don't go down three rip in the finals and claw your way back. Nobody ever has. And for him to step up and then they throw the stat line up on, on the ticker there, whatever, three overtime goals, four game tying goals. I mean, they're dead to rights. And of course, this guy just manufactures goals, makes them happen. And I can't help but think of the Toronto Maple Leafs going of all the guys that they have. Can someone not just, just will wins together in the playoffs, just force things to happen, just be in the right place and fucking bury that thing at the right time. The way this to Chuck guy does. And like, what makes him special? What makes him in that place that he needs to be when, when the going gets tough and, and they need him to do it. And he just comes through every bloody time. It seems like it's uh it's honestly incredible the way he's elevated his game. He's become, you know, you know, one of the, best players in the league like bar none name someone that gets the job done like that especially when it matters it's it's that guy right now well now the clutch factors attached to him too right I think that had been the story in the past his inability to get the job done in the Stanley Cup playoffs but he's been so unbelievable for this team in the postseason I thought Brandon Montour new dad bump I was all over sort of the stats and and that in the daily fantasy plays yesterday having the kid uh, after game one he was outstanding last night scores the first goal of that game I thought Bobrovsky was dialed in. And it's just amazing how this sport works, where I thought Vegas, uh, you know, definitively was the better team last night. But the Florida Panthers got the job done when it mattered most. They tie that game late, win it in overtime. So now a 2-1 series again destined for game four coming up on Saturday night. But the Florida Panthers, I think uh, it's fair to say they have life in that series. Speaking of life, Rosie, 
This sort of came out of left field, and it's not official just yet, but multiple reports suggesting Shane Doan is headed to Toronto, which, again, there's so many ways you can dive into this story, but it sounds like they're going to hire him to be an assistant to the GM, Brad Living. Of course, there's that whole relationship from their time together with the Coyotes, right? Yeah, let me go back first to that Montour thing. Like, I'm sorry, that's bad timing. You can't be getting your wife pregnant, having a baby during the Stanley Cup finals. I'd be finding my players if I was the GM, if their wife was pregnant, delivering the baby in uh, in the finals. They'd say, what did you think? What did you think? We weren't going to be in the finals or something? You think you were going to be in summer? Like, you can't be sinking them deep when you got to crunch the numbers and do the math, boys. It's got to be in the summertime. Anyways, adding Shane Doan. I mean, when we talked to Brian Burke, we said, you know, what, what is it? What do you want as a GM? Do you want guys to challenge you? Do you want yes, men? What do you want around? And, and he says he wants minds and ideas that are different, that you can just, you know, shine different perspective on ideas and, and get you thinking, you know, in all different directions of, of ideas. And at the end of the day, the GM's going to have the final say, but I think adding a guy like Shane Doan, I mean, can you find anyone to say anything bad about this guy? Um, he's been in the league for so long. He knows hockey, good guy. Like he's going to do the right and the honest thing. I think he would really respect and appreciate being part of the Maple Leafs organization. And again, he's going to help Brad tree living out and be able to have ideas bounced off of him and, and give his point of view from a player that's, that's played a long time in the league. So a good addition, I would have to say. I don't want to make too much of this story, but I could only view it as a positive for Austin Matthews and the talks with that extension. Matthew Nye's the attachment. Like both these guys looked up um, to Shane Doan. And of course, there was an infamous tweet that sort of went viral yesterday from Austin Matthews way back when, I think when Shane Doan's career wrapped up. It's only a positive. And to me, it only says a lot about the state of that Coyotes organization. Like, are they there long term? Of uh, The fact that a guy who has poured his heart and soul his entire career, his adult, uh, you know, being into that organization it seemed like he was being groomed to be that next guy, the next person up with the Coyotes, and now he's leaving. So I could only wonder what that offer was from the Maple Leafs and how enticing it was maybe to work with Brad Living, but also the fact that you go to a Maple Leafs team that features a guy from Arizona. I, I can't look away from that either. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I would jump ship on that uh, dumpster fire myself if I were him. And, you know, if there's anyone that embodies the Arizona Coyotes and and their whole legacy in the league, it's Shane Doney is with them the whole time, his entire career. He's part of that organization. So um, definitely he was kind of the guy that was in line to do whatever the hell he wanted in that organization. And and he he jumps ship and and rightfully so that thing's a disaster. So it it only shows more where the direction that that organization is headed in my mind. And I wouldn't get involved with it either. But as far as the Austin Matthews angle on, on getting Shane Doan, I, I think it's overblown. Like these guys are talking about, you know, hundred million dollar contracts and 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 their entire careers and legacies. I mean, growing up, my idol was Wendell Clark. And when I was playing in the NHL, if Wendell Clark was the assistant GM of a team, I don't fucking care. It's got nothing to do with whether I sign there or not, or whether it's a good fit for me or not, or whether my mind is elsewhere. I really don't put a lot of stock into it. Um, albeit if he's going to sign there anyways, having Shane Doan there is like, Oh, an added, Oh great. I know donor. And I really like that guy. And you know, maybe, you know, he, I, I don't know what Doan's going to do to Austin Matthews. It's not like he's a rookie coming in. Maybe he takes Nisey under his wing a little bit and, and teaches him how to be a pro. 
Um, but other than that, I feel like that angle as far as, oh, we're going to get Austin Matthews to sign now because Shane Doan is here. I, I don't take anything into that. This isn't a, a child looking up to his idol saying, oh, my God, I'll do whatever you say. You know, he's a grown man and a, and a professional for a long time now, and he's going to do what he needs to do that's best for him. Yeah, would you bring Shane Doan into a conversation about the extension with the Matthews camp, though? That's my question. That's what I'm getting to. If you have access to a Shane Doan, I think it only helps, Rosie. Yeah, well, it certainly doesn't hurt. Uh, yeah. I just don't. I just don't see it as this. Oh my, that's going to really benefit uh, the Leafs in re-signing him. Um, it, they're going to go out for dinner. They're going to have a chat at the rink during summer skates. And hey, what are you thinking? Yeah, what do you? You know, a couple chats here and there yeah. certainly can't hurt. But as far as him pushing it over the edge, if he was leaning towards going elsewhere, I just, I just don't, I just don't see it at all. I think it's an overblown story, and people just make the connection of oh, Phoenix. He's from Phoenix. He liked him growing up. Well, he's going to resign now. No, these there's there's too big a factors going on to have to have that have any weight in the decision. Then there's the whole aspect of what exactly an assistant to the GM does, right? We yeah. we saw the appearances from Jason Spezza specifically in the Stanley Cup playoffs, the emotion with with Kyle Dubas, and effectively Shane Doan is replacing Jason Spezza, who resigned shortly after everything transpired with Kyle Dubas. I'm just trying to figure out what Shane Doan's day-to-day tasks are going to be as an assistant to the GM. Like, what do you do is my question. Yeah, I think you're kind of a a fill-in guy when things need to get done. Maybe if the plate of the GM is too full, hey, can you make this call? Can you arrange this thing? At the end of the day, I think you're you're kind of being literally the assistant of the GM. And then you're just in there on all the meetings. You're you're gathering the information. And if he wants to bounce, what do you think about this? You like this? You like this guy? Um, what do you think about that? Just kind of, well, you know, you just give your opinion here and there. And like Berkey said, when he was on the show there, you know, you want people around you so that you can get different ideas and different mindsets. And ultimately you're going to gather all that information from people that you trust and respect in order to make your final decision as the general manager. So day to day, I mean, I don't think you got a corner office working the phones, making moves. You're just kind of there to to be a guy. I think ultimately it's a pretty easy job. Um, you don't have all the pressure. You don't take the fall. Um, sometimes you just get the the ricochet effect of cleaning house and you're going to be gone too. But um, you're kind of just there to bounce ideas off and to kind of fill in when the GM's plate is full is kind of what I gathered when uh, when I saw what the GM assistant GMs were up to around the rink. In general, I think it's interesting, too, because it's Brad Living's like first move where he's bringing in his guy. Like any job you do in life, a boss is going to bring in, you know, a person they're familiar with or somebody they have a relationship with. And and this is sort of the first venture into that. I think if you're Brad Living, I think the one thing he obviously will realize, too, is like he's got an endless budget, it seems right. Like they have so much money in this organization. You can have 15 assistants. And I think if you have the luxury of uh, bringing in a, a true hockey guy like Shane Doan, you go ahead and do so. So that's why I think it's a positive. That's why I'm feeling good about the move. I don't think it hurts at all. The Austin Matthews situation, the attachment of Matthew Nyes as well. Uh, but I'm just more so intrigued what's next for this Maple Leafs team in terms of how they put everything together in the postseason. Because I think if there's a, or in the offseason, I should say, but if there's a time for, you know, a move to be made like this, it's right now. If you're Shane Doan, right? Like we've been talking about this guy for the last couple of years. He's going to be the president in Arizona. What's next for him? And it's just to me a bit random that he ends up in Toronto. We know the relationship, of course, uh, with Brad living. But I think if there were a time to link up with this team, it's probably right now, uh, you know, considering the vacancy and considering where they're headed. 
Yeah, for sure. And I mean, put yourself in Tree Living's uh, place. You know, you get that job, you step in there and you look around and you're kind of standing all by yourself and you go, okay, well, I'm going to surround myself with with people who are going to, you know, support the organization and who have a hockey mind and who have, you know, ideas and, and experience that you can draw from. So, of course, it's natural that that's his, uh, his first move is let's put some guys in place who can start helping with the day-to-day, who I can bounce ideas off, who can uh, give their point of view. And, um, you know, he, it's certainly not going to hurt anything. I think it's a positive addition. Like I said, you you could scour the hockey universe, try to find someone, say something bad about, uh, about Shane Doan. You won't be able to find it. Same thing with today's guest. Uh, so happy to bring in the one and only Milan Lucic, who is slated to become a UFA coming up this summer, fresh off world championship, golden absolute stallion, and a guy who fought Jay Rosehill way back when. What's up, Luch? Hey, guys. How you doing? Sorry I had some computer difficulties, so I got to go with my phone here. All good. We have them all the time. <laughs> Thanks for coming on today, man. Uh, just uh, first and foremost, just uh, the gold at the World Championship. What was that experience like? Yeah, it was great. It was awesome. Uh, you know, it was the first time I got to be a part of the World Championships. Uh, you know what? Not making the playoffs, obviously a disappointment uh, out, out here in Calgary. So, uh, so yeah, you know what? I, I was feeling good. Uh, my body was feeling good. I still had some juice left uh, in the tank even after a full season. So, uh, I had actually uh, approached uh, Hockey Canada and asked if uh, I could be a part of it because I'd never experienced it before. And, you know, anytime you're a part of Team Canada, uh, you always have a chance to win. Uh, and even though a lot of people doubted our lineup and whatnot, uh, we ended up coming together as a team and, and having a great tournament and winning the gold. So uh, it was, I, you know what, I, I think I speak for everyone that was a part of it. We had a really great time and um, we're all happy and glad that we went. Unreal, Luch. Thanks for joining us, man. I've never actually uh, <laughs> catched up with you in person before, and uh, it's nice that you came on the show. We got to do it this way. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. So, uh, yeah, like you said, we've we've never really got in touch before. So, uh, yeah, happy to be uh, on the show here. How, how's the summer going for you? You haven't been a, a UFA in quite a while, and uh, I imagine you're going through your summer routine and, and thinking about next year a little bit. Yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, I, I wanted to, uh, you know, I still felt like I had juice in the tank to to play a little more. Uh, that's why, you know, you know, even though the World Championships is a lot of fun, it's still. I think we were over there for 25 days, so it's it's it, it is it is a long time, and and it takes up the whole month of May. Uh, so you know, that's what I was doing there, and then you know, been back in Calgary ever since uh, to start off June. But yeah. I mean, like you said, uh, becoming a UFA now this summer, uh, lots to think about. Uh, you know what? With the whole UFA process and how it goes, I think uh, I don't. I don't even know if you're allowed to talk to teams now until you know the day of uh, July first. So uh, we'll see how that all goes. Like I said, lots to think about for myself. And but the main thing is, is I still want to play. I still have fun playing. Uh, still have fun competing. Uh, still have fun, uh, you know, working out in the summers and all that type of stuff. So, uh, yeah, really looking forward to uh, the next step in my career. 
Luch, can you believe how long it's been? What was it, a seven-year ticket that you signed? Like, I, I I, was doing, you know, homework on this interview, and I sort of came up in broadcasting almost around the time when you started your career around that area, at least. And I couldn't believe how quickly time has flown where this, this contract's done. You're on to your next one. Yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, it's funny how, how time flies. And like you said, seven-year deal, and and here it is over with. And then, you know, even if you want to look at it even more, I mean, I've been in the NHL for 16 years crazy. and you kind of, you kind of, you kind of think about it all and it's crazy how, how fast it's gone. But you know what, I've been like, I've been really lucky to experience what I've experienced. I've been really lucky to, to uh, create the relationships that I had. Um, you know what, obviously, you know, the first, I would say the first uh, eight, nine years of my career, a lot of ups in them. And then uh, over these last seven years, probably a lot more downs uh, than ups. But, you know, it's all a learning curve. It's a learning curve in your career, a learning curve in your life, Um, you know. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Uh, like I said, I got to learn a lot about myself, learn a lot about, you know, different things about the NHL. I mean, I, you know what? Sometimes you take being on a good team for granted, and that's what I was on, you know, the first, you know, nine, ten years of my career where, you know, it felt like every night you were walking into the building, you were going to win a hockey game. And then, you know, you, you, you're on a team, uh, you know, that's out of the playoffs by January, February, and you kind of experience that. And, and like I said, it, it humbles you a bit because you don't really understand or, or you can take for granted being on a really good team uh, because even, yes, even though you're in the NHL, you know, it's, it sucks going to the rink, uh, you know, when when you're on a not a very good team or, or whatnot but 
at the end of the day, like I said, uh, you know, I experienced a little, experienced it a lot. It's crazy how fast seven years go. Uh, so yeah, if anything, more than anything, I'm excited for the next step of my career and next step of my life. And, you know, um, we'll know shortly, uh, you know, what that next step will be. For sure. Luch, you know, the, uh, the name of this show. So we got to ask you, you know, the Maple Leafs this year, it's no secret. They're too soft. They need a guy and you're a guy, I think heads and shoulders, toughest guy in the league. You can still play hockey leadership qualities. You've won Stanley cups. You're exactly what they need. Any interest in, uh, in heading back East and maybe putting on the Maple Leaf? <laughs> well, you know what it would, uh, you can never rule anything out. And, uh, you know, obviously it's, uh, Original six franchise, storied franchise. Um, you know, I've 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 had my fair share of, of rivalries uh, uh, with the team. Um, you know, and now with Brad Tree living coming in, there's some familiarity there yeah. with uh, you know him being the GM. And uh, I became obviously really good friends with uh, Mark Giordano, being teammates with him in Calgary. And you know what? Uh, you know, he's told me how much he's enjoyed it and how much he's loved. Uh, you know, being in Toronto and being a Maple Leaf and, you know, even now I'm still good friends with Jake Muzzin and he, he had shared the, the same feelings and, and how great it is uh, playing in Toronto and how great it is being a part of that organization and, you know, experience, you know, and, and me having experience being on original six team, uh, you know, there, there, there really is nothing like it. And, uh, and, and, and Rosie, you, you could probably say the same thing, you know, when you're on an original six team, it, it means it means something a little bit different, and you know what? If if there is an opportunity, I would definitely uh, you know listen to it. Like I said, you never want to rule anything out, and uh, you know, like I said, I'm sure I'll, I'll I'll be getting a few phone calls and talking to a few teams moving forward here in the next couple of weeks. Hey, we're just trying to connect the dots here. That's it, Luch. But uh, you mentioned <laughs> the name Bradshaw Living, man. There's the connection. There's the relationship there. What, what can we expect from him in Toronto? What type of guy is he? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, he, he he's done a great job. He did a great job in Calgary. Um, you know, you, you know, you just said there about, you know, you guys think that the Leafs are, are, are a little soft. Um, you know, he, he's a guy that, that doesn't like having a soft team. He likes uh, having a hard team. Uh, he likes to, he likes having a team that's hard to play against. Uh, you know, he, he still believes in that. And, um, and yeah, you know, he's, he's willing to make moves, you know, uh, to, to make the team better. And I think one thing that he's probably one obstacle that he's probably not going to have to deal with in Toronto that he, that he kind of had to deal with in Calgary is, you know, guys not willing to kind of commit long-term to Calgary, uh, you know, kind of cause they didn't want to be there and um, you know, the rink and you know, the old rink and, and all that type of stuff. So he's not going to have to deal with that as far as having to sell the city of Toronto and, and all that type of stuff. But you know, he, I, I developed a really good relationship with him. And like I said, he uh, he's not afraid to do things to, to make the team better. So before we get to this, so we want you guys to break down this scrap from uh, March 31st, 2011. I wanted to ask you, since you just uh, you talked about it a bit, uh, the whole Matthew Kachuk situation, man. Like, I feel like the, the last year in Calgary, remember covering it? I was actually doing Calgary radio last summer when everything happened with Goodrow and Kachuk, and it was just fucking mayhem, man. Like, what was that experience like as a player 
being in that room. And now you see Matthew Kachuk in the Stanley Cup final. It's pretty crazy how everything worked out. Yeah, well, you know what? He, he's a great player. And at the end of the day, what I've learned over my career is there's certain things you can't control. You know, I mean, I wish I was still teammates with, with guys from 15 years ago, but it just it just doesn't happen that way. And you can't get caught up in, uh, you know, guys wanting to move on, guys getting traded, good good buddies uh, getting traded, not getting re-signed, all that type of stuff. It's just the nature nature of the business. And and for for Matthew, I mean, he 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 wanted to he wanted to move on, you know, and 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 he had that right, and and he was honest about it. So you got to give him credit about that. He didn't. You know, he didn't uh, dangle a carrot in front of the flames and say, oh, I want to be here and then and then move on where, you know, he was straight up with them and said, you know, I, I'd like to move on and, and try something new. And and you know what? He the way he's played this year, you know, from start to finish, you know, you could almost argue that he's he's a top five player in the league now with how great he's played. And and, uh, you know, him, him and. Bobrovsky, they've they've put that team on their back and carried him to all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. So uh, you know it's crazy when when not just one, but you got two hundred point guys, you know that don't want to stay and they want to move on. Especially after the season that we had, uh, I never really experienced anything like that before. But like I said, you know players have the rights to to make the decision uh, decisions that they want, and you know you got to live with them and you got to move on and. Going back to Brad, I thought I thought Brad did a really good job of of making trades and and bringing guys in to 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 replace those guys, but unfortunately, it just didn't gel and and work out like like uh, we had hoped. And most importantly, Johnny's closer to Mama Bear. <laughs> <laughs> Milan's not going to respond to that, eh? <laughs> well, if that's what he wanted, then, then good on him, you know? Like I said, everyone, everyone, uh, you know, everyone has the right to, to like want what they want. Like, ah, I what should I say here? <laughs> uh, All right, let's play this clip. So, Rosie, we'll start with you. Uh, March 31st, 2011, also known as the night Jack Edwards referred to Jay Rozo as a career hatchet man. Take us through this scrap, Rosie. We'll start with you, and then uh, Luch. After that, you can piggyback and and tell us what how, how what you know how you broke that one down. All I see is a career, a thirty goal scorer against a worthless <laughs> piece of shit is what I see. But no, obviously, shit happens. Luch and I had my hands full with you there. I got to tell a story though. Like on the plane there, I think Matthew Lombardi was near me on the plane. He's like, "Oh, check this out, Luch," and it's it's you when you're like a teenager. You got the headgear, and it's like Junior Olympics or Amateur Olympics or something. And you're boxing, and someone's like, "Yeah, his dad was a Golden Glove as a boxer." So we watched that. You know, you're boxing it up, and I was like, "Oh, cool! I've never boxed a day in my life." But that's interesting. And then after this scrap, we're going at it. Your jersey rips, and we square off. And it's literally the next day after watching that video, and then you go into this <laughs> boxing statue, and I and I just go. Fuck! Like I just watched how you know how to box like crazy, and I was like, "Here we go." So I don't know. That was always interesting to me, but I remember thinking right now, going, "God damn it, this guy's a boxer." <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you saw, I lost my grip there, uh, and and you obviously switched up a couple times in the fight, but yeah, I mean, you know, we're young and we're full of piss and vinegar, and <laughs> we got caught up in the scrum there on the side, and. Um, 
and yeah, I obviously in a place like Boston, they they loved when I when I would drop the gloves and uh it's yeah, just it nice. Up, it, it ended up being a really good entertaining scrap. And and you know what, to be honest, and and I don't like to share a lot what I'm thinking or a lot what I'm doing, but I I actually do love when guys switch on me and go to lefts. <laughs> because they you know why because they they try to get it some in but but what they don't realize is they leave themselves open and oh, like yeah. you said i do have the boxing background and i know how to throw from the hip uh yeah. all the way through and uh yeah like if you notice like i don't have a very big lineup and the yeah. one guy that probably breaks me down the best is john scott when he when he breaks down my fights yeah. So, and, and that is the boxing background that I, that I had, I started as 15 years old and the only reason why I did it was to get into better cardio shape, you know, yeah. you know, it's just something fun, something to get into shape and ended up being pretty good at it. So I had like three, four bouts and, uh, but you know, the it, hits it, to the head, I was kind of like, uh, you know, I, kinda <laughs> have, I might have to go the, 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 uh, the hockey route instead of the boxing route here. So yeah. it yeah. always amazed me, man. Like I'm not left-handed, but I switch to lefts all the time. And every time I do guys just go on their heels and go on the defense, like instantly, yeah. not you obviously, but other guys do. And I'm just shocked. I'm like, I just switched to my weak hand and now you're free to throw your strong hand. Yet you go right onto your heels and start playing defense. It always shocked me, but it, it worked well with guys, like you say, that don't have your background and don't really get it. And they just hate the idea that you're not in that, in that, typical hold on yeah exactly so like that's that's my whole thing and even when i feel like it's coming and i like you said it because it does startle a lot of guys and a lot mm -hmm. of guys do go on their heels where where when i feel it coming i i i like to go get on my toes yeah, <laughs> as far as that goes Love it. Well, I can't believe that's that long ago. That's crap, man. But uh, yeah, of, of the ones I had, people bring that one up the most, I would have to say. So it's fun to have you on and break it down a little bit. But uh, it's just nice that Jack Edwards was on mute during uh, this show. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, Milan. I appreciate it, buddy. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks for Thanks having for coming me. coming on, man. Enjoy your summer. Good luck with the UFA. Yeah, yeah you guys too. Thank you. What an absolute gem. And that's cool to bring you guys together. Like I didn't know you guys had never interacted in person to have him on was awesome. Yeah. I don't do that too often really come across a guy. That's and sick. if I do, it's just bullshit and having a beer, you run yeah. into him outside somewhere. You're not really talking about your scraps or anything. So I think it's kind of weird for both of us, but uh, fun to hear his perspective on that. And you can tell by watching him scrap and whatnot, he's got the background and understands uh, how that whole deal uh, works as far as throwing punches from the hip and being poised and being, uh, being able to analyze what the guy's doing in front of you. Yeah, so very thankful, Milan, for uh, making some time. And again, best of luck in free agency. And I don't know, he sort of left that door wide open for his relationship with the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, of course, Brad Living. So we'll see what transpires in the next month. We know what's going to transpire tomorrow, Rosie, and that's the UFC going to Canada for the first time in four years. Yes, Rogers Arena in Vancouver, Saturday, June 10th, UFC 289, bantamweight champion Amanda Nunes. We'll put her title on the line against Irene Aldana. But, of course, we're all looking for the Canadians. Six Canadians have been added to the card, including Burlington, Ontario's Mike Malott. So it should be a lot of fun coming up tomorrow night, Rosie. 
Yeah, for sure. To be honest, I'm most excited about about the women's fight. I don't know what it is. I, I like watching them scrap, whether it's uh, UFC or otherwise. But to see women, let's be honest, it's not natural to see them taking shots and getting bruised up and bleeding and all that stuff. And to see those girls go in there and just be complete warriors and and then to see their skill set and their strength and their their bravery and their toughness and stuff. I just love that. And that Nunez is an absolute oh. killer. So uh, that'll be a good show. And it, it's cool. It's in Canada and putting us uh, kind of on the map, so to speak, and, and to have it up north of the border again is pretty cool. So, yeah, pay-per-view will be a big deal. Tough as nails. The Botano wrap-up is presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. Tonight, I'm going to look at the uh, NBA title and uh, game four of the uh, NBA championship between Denver and Miami. In Miami, of course, and Denver leading that series two games to one. I'm going to take the Denver points for the second straight game. Uh, Two of the three have been Denver blowouts, quite frankly. The points are three and a half at minus 110. I just think Denver is the better team. I wouldn't be shocked if they won this series in five games. And I think they double up on the road and they win tonight in Miami. Have you been watching any of the NBA championship? No, and I don't know shit about basketball. So as long as LeBron's not in, I'm happy. (laughs) So I'll take your word for it and piggyback your bet. I forgot about that stick, man. We didn't even talk about it. The day after LeBron got eliminated, that piece of shit. Well, actually, I love LeBron. I can't even call him a piece of shit. But um, Denver was going to the NBA title, I believe, for the first time ever or something like that. And their coach wanted some praise. And then some some story surfaced the day after the Lakers were eliminated that LeBron might retire. Who do you think? Who do you think put that out there, Rosie? Your guy. I bet it was LeBron James who can't stand to have the spotlight on uh-huh. anybody but LeBron James. So he found a way to make sure that people were still talking about him, even though he shit his pants in the playoffs again. <laughs> I just that's the randomest thing I've taken from this podcast doing this with you for like nine months is your disdain for the goat LeBron James. But I digress. Uh, everybody fantastic in the chat. I love all of you saying pound that like button. I appreciate that at the Leafs Nation four one where you could subscribe. Mark writes in, he'd be a great Leaf. I don't disagree. I like the point that you made with Luch that this team's fucking soft, man. You need that Wayne Simmons type guy. I think we're both in agreement with that. If a guy like Lucic came in too, like he wouldn't be a guy I expect to play every night. But I think if you have big marquee matchups and you want to add some bite and some fight, Lucic, I think, would be a perfect addition to this roster, Rosie. Yeah, it depends how you're running your lineup, but uh, yeah. I think he can play every night, and I, it's just a matter of how many minutes he plays. But, you know, if he plays in that bottom six, brings that toughness, no one's fucking around. Like, you think guys are going to be ragdolling Matthews and, and Marner with yeah. Luch. It just doesn't yeah. happen. And and then you can throw him out there. He can play and get it deep. He's smart as hell with the puck. He understands. And then locker room-wise, a veteran of 16 seasons with Stanley Cups under his belt and, and the reputation he has is, uh, you know, and I don't think at this point in his career he's going to be asking the moon uh salary cap wise so i think he he fits well you can slide him in there and again you get a lot of a lot of bang for your buck right now dude imagine a roster with milan lucic and luke shen on it would anybody fuck with the leafs anymore no, not a chance, man. They wouldn't. And it's just a matter of, uh, you know, getting those pieces in place and surrounding them with the right thing and just trying to find a formula that works much like the Florida Panthers right now. But mm-hmm. seeing Lucic, I know it was weird seeing him in an Oilers and then a Flames uniform, yeah. but you kind of get used to it. I can't even picture him in a, in a Leafs outfit, but hopefully uh, we get a taste of that uh, come July here. I think it'd be great for this show, too, since we have that connection and the relationship w- with Luch. Uh Last one before we go here. 
TML rates in Rosie won that scrap. How do you feel about that? <laughs> no, I think it was a draw all day. I mean, we both got our shots and no one landed anything crazy. And I just think it's so cool that, uh, you know, credit to the linesman for not jumping in when his jersey ripped there and we lost yeah. our grips because <laughs> fuck nowadays that fight is long gone before that. Even if they, if there's a chance for them to jump in, they're jumping in. They just, I remember kind of looking at him going, okay, we're going to go, we're going to square up a second time here, which is pretty cool. Credit to them. But, yeah. uh, I think it's a draw all day. Most of them are, but a, a spirited one nonetheless. It's so fun even working in broadcasting, man. Two players that I really hated growing up. Number one, Matthew Barnaby. I was lucky to work with Barnaby, an absolute gem, stud <laughs> dude. And then Milan Lucic, another guy I've just gone to know in this industry a bit, uh, covering him and, and interviewing him a couple times, salt of the earth. But I was a Leafs fan growing up, man. I fucking hated Barnaby. I hated Lucic. And now to for it to come full circle, I think is really, really cool. So that's it for the week, Rosie. Excellent job. and. I guess what we'll tee, we'll tee up what we have coming up on Monday for the second time in the history of this show. So we had Joseph Wall the other day, and you ca- you let the cat out of the bag yesterday with your three hits anyways. Matthew Nice. We're interviewing him a bit later on, and I can't wait to bring everybody Matthew Nice 2.0 coming up on Monday, right? Matthew Nice, Luke Shan, Lucci, who am I missing here? Wolsey. I mean, why this uh why this podcast isn't on the moon already is beyond me, but we're bringing the heat right now. You're rounding up some good guests and uh lots to talk about with all these guys and we love getting their perspective, so stay tuned for that. That'll be a good one. At the Leafs Nation 401 where you can subscribe once again available wherever you get your podcast just search Leafs Morning Take. Many thanks to producer Aaron, of course Milan Lucic for hopping on today. Everybody um, in the chat, you were fantastic. Again, that's Jay Rosehill. I'm Nick Alberga. Thanks so much for listening and watching, and we'll talk on Monday. Take care. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.